0: Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here.
1: Welcome back, friends and family, to another episode of the Backdoor Cut Show, brought to you by the Barn Burner Podcast Network and Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. You can subscribe to us by searching Backdoor Cut Show wherever you get your podcasts, and also listen to us at 9 p.m. Central uh, every Monday on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel, also on the Barnburner Podcast Network. All right, tonight we got a trio, and we're going to pick the NBA over-unders. I'm Zach. With me tonight I have Sam and Rich. We're going to wrap up the Grizzlies preseason a little bit, and then kind of start giving our predictions for a wild and wonky year that we have ahead of us that starts in two days, which is pretty crazy, also very exciting. Um, but Sam, we'll kick it off. How are you doing?
2: A wonky year indeed. That is, a, that is a perfect explanation for COVID Christmas, which we're having coming soon. I'm wearing my Memphis Tigers Santa hat, uh, where I don't know where I got it from, but, but I have it. I'm drinking hot chocolate from Chris's mug. Rediscovered hot chocolate. This uh, this Christmas. I know everyone knows it's good and I always knew it was good. But like we bought a couple Swiss Miss boxes and I've been crushing it because um, I put a little Cool Whip on top and it is really fucking delicious. So shout out Cool Whip and shout out Swiss Miss. Um, not going to be around the family this year. We're going to be really careful and probably not see each other. Grizzlies games canceled, uh, all the the in-person games and Tigers games as well due to the crazy COVID restrictions. Well, not crazy, the realistic ones that are happening because of the crazy COVID rates in Shelby County. And we're probably going to end up back exactly where we were in March because, um, you know, people are doing kind of whatever at this point. So we'll see where it goes. But I'm excited to be able to watch basketball from the comfort and safety of my own home. Rich, you're in Houston, but what else you got going on?
0: Uh yeah man, coming to y'all live from the, the mean suburban streets of Sugar Land, Texas, right outside of Houston. Um, so been here for about a week. Um, and just been hearing a lot about James Harden every fucking day. Yeah, every time I, I turn on the TV and the radio and walk outside. So yeah, uh, tired of hearing about it. But you know, in that, I am happy that the NBA is coming back. Like you said, Sam. Um, Tuesday, just you know, really excited to get some basketball back. Um, you know, and it's going to be different, you know, but I understand the restrictions that have been put in place with the no fans, you know, safety first Um, and shout out to the Brooklyn Nets because they kind of took the bubble experience and have like the monitors uh, in their arena. And I just really like the way that looks more than just like the large tarps of the team logos in the arena. So shout out to Brooklyn for spending that cash to kind of make it a little more presentable, I guess.
2: They're gonna be on TV a lot, so it makes sense. You know, oh, they want to so be presentable.
0: Games, yeah, Kyrie uh, got to
2: burn his sage and shit.
0: So,
2: <laughs> you know, I, I'm t- I'm so fully in on that. Like, I, I like. I don't care if you, that, that stuff's the just sage so or bad, the monitors. You know? Both. <laughs> uh, I'm, the, I'm the monitor and sage. Like, just don't mix them together. But like the the monitors cheap. You just roll them into the camera shot. I mean, they're really just TVs on stands, mm-hmm. and then and so you can just like strategically only mask the parts of the seats that end up on the camera as it pans back and forth so you don't even have to probably spend the money to cover all of those i'm sure it's more expensive but that's wise i wonder if the grizzlies will do something given that they don't have fans now rather than have just kind of weird looking open seats which they only had because they were going to have fans so we'll see if that happens but um zach how are you
1: doing i'm doing pretty good i um yeah I'm trying to remember what I did this weekend and uh, it was and you didn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Super eventful. If you have so to try to remember good.
2: it. That means that you sat on your couch and yeah. probably you're moving. So you probably were stuffing stuff into boxes, which you will forget where everything is, no matter how well you label them. And that's just the way moving goes.
1: Yeah, that's just uh the it's kind of a whirlwind, so you can't keep track of everything. You just hope to reclaim it all once it reaches its final destination, I guess. Yeah. I uh, I watched Les Mis for the first time this weekend. That's one big thing that I did. So cultured myself a little bit. Um, some Hugh Jackman and Russell Crowe. So that mm, was yeah. one of you know a milestone in a person's life, I suppose. And so that's one thing I did this. What weekend. were your
2: thoughts on on Les Mis? You have any deep theater thoughts here?
1: Deep theater thoughts. Um, this is of
2: course the movie version.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. The the movie version. Um, no. Okay. I, uh, this It's
2: a basketball it, podcast. Fuck Beater. <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually, I want to talk about
1: it, cats for about like three minutes. No, I'm just kidding. I don't want to at all. Yeah, you know, no, I mean, I <laughs> it was good. It was uh, there was a lot of sad things that happened that I didn't see coming. So a lot of surprise happened. Mm-hmm. So I appreciated that part. At least it wasn't it wasn't super predictable and um, it had, had enough lightheartedness in there that uh, it gave you a little bit of hope, too.
2: Yeah, I, I you know that's a good like Rotten Tomatoes review. I like it. Hunter however thinks that Russell Crowe as Javert was a travesty. He didn't like the casting. Um, I've seen Les Mis once and I've seen the I've seen the play as well. You know, I'm, I'm the culture guy. So I've seen, you know, not on Broadway, but you know, like uh, probably some uh, small community theater production in Mississippi, but that never mind that. Um, and uh, you know, it's fine. Just not a big Les Miz guy, but I get that it's a thing. What in the world did you watch that for?
1: we just wanted to watch you just it. Like, it.
2: You were just like, This looks great. Let me find it. It came me. up
1: in conversation and uh, my wife was like, You haven't seen that? Well you should watch it. And I was like, Okay, we should watch it. Okay. All right. That's where we went. So like
2: the it.
0: Greatest Showman, man. I should have watched the Greatest Showman. I you know, that. I'm
2: i seen Greatest Showman. That, that has some good soundtrack. And uh, yeah. you know, my wife is that a is. big greatest showman fan and she loves that one of the songs in there. Um, the great. the This is the greatest show that's on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it gets no, me it's pretty. It's got high.
0: some bangers. It's got some yeah. bangers
2: in there. <laughs> Hugh Jackman as well, probably a little yeah. bit better cast.
1: Is it better than Hamilton? I know that's kind of like different because that's like not actually a movie, but it kind of it feels like a movie when you're watching it on television, at least.
2: It is probably not as it's not as award-winning as Hamilton, hmm. but like I mean, Hamilton's kind of a one-trick pony. Like it's really good, and the lyrics are good, but it's like once you get past the spoken word rap part of it it's like okay you know i get what they're doing here but greatest showman's more like classically sung songs like
1: okay rock ballad pop songs Mm, i had to put it on my uh, on my list thanks for the reco. yeah all right let's talk some hoops guys so grizzlies swept the wolves in a couple game series that was nice then got two against the hawks this weekend Um, Any big themes that stuck out to you from those games? Uh, Memphis won the first one, of course, pretty handily. And the Hawks came back and squeaked out a win in the second one on Saturday night. Um, But a lot of the starters were out at that point. Um, But what stuck out to you guys from those games?
0: I guess for me, like, in watching the Atlanta series, I would just say that I was just excited with the development track that the Grizzlies took, like seeing a team that kind of did the opposite um, and wanted to kind of, you know, really push all their chips to the table this season and go all in. Um, I still don't think Atlanta is that good of a team. I will say that Cam Reddish impressed me a little bit. He looks to be a lot better uh, and a lot more under control and kind of settled this season. So I'm excited to see what he does. But, you know, I think the main point, I think that everyone can kind of agree with is the shooting, like the shooting. And I don't know how this is going to translate, you know, to the regular season, but the shooting – was a lot better, uh, whether it be from Kyle, whether it be from D'Anthony, whether it be from, you know, Grayson kind of continuing that trend. He started in the bubble. Um, it was really nice to see, you know, just Jaw kind of take command. And he was, you know, by far the best player on the floor in all of the games that he played, um, in every game that he played, rather. Uh, and they just, you know, I think Desmond Bain is, I mean, dude, that, that, that was just such a steal, I feel. Um, I think he's going to be able to be plugged in right away. Um, and just kind of, you know, be ready to go. Um, it was unfortunate that Xavier Tillman kind of suffered a little minor knee tweak. I uh, weren't able to see that much of him. Um, but yeah, it was an exciting preseason. You know, the the undefeated would have been nice, but I mean, the Atlanta Hawks basically like kind of played their rotation guys versus the Memphis Hustle um, to try to squeak out a win last night. So it's all good. Um, but yeah, shout out to Dylan as well. Um, Dylan, this new facilitator, Dylan, who was kind of taking Desmond under his wing. He took him to the rites of passage of finding a barbershop in Memphis. Um, and you know, that's big stuff. That's bonding right there. That's, 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 that's off the court bonding for sure. So shout out to Dylan. I mean, he's been dishing that thing. Um, and yeah, I, I'm just excited. Like they, they really looked good, you know, they really looked good. And, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see what Jenkins is going to do with this two guard situation. Um, I think it was fluctuating between D'Anthony and Grayson. Uh, I still, I'm not sure, you know, where I am. I think in our in, a, in the pile like two weeks ago, I, I, I wanted Grayson to start, but De'Anthony has been, you know, playing well also. Um, so I think, you know, Jenkins was saying it's going to be kind of a fluid situation, um, a, a case-by-case basis. So I'm interested to see how he balances that, um, see what the Grizz can do. And I'm ready for Jeremy and Justice to get back and see what we really have.
2: I was really impressed with the – We've gone further into the Jenkins style. You know, we're running, we're shooting, we're playing the spread offense. I think guys are more liberally shooting the threes and they're actually going down more than they were with the Jay Crowder era, which is kind of funny to think about. Um, the fast break breakfast, Keith over there posted the perp 36 for all the stars. Job Morant, 24, 13, and 6, 13 assists. Uh, Dylan Brooks, 26, 5, and 5. Kyle Anderson, 20, 10, and 3 blocks per game. And Jonas, 22, 13, and 3 blocks per uh, so that's, you know, those are the kind of 36 minutes is obviously the mile marker from what most starters play in a regular season NBA game. That's why the stats out there. So you might hear per 36 a lot um, when you're just you know listening to NBA podcasts. But that's really impressive. I was very impressed with Dylan. However, I'd like to apologize to absolutely no one because I, I don't feel like I. I don't feel like I owe anyone an apology, but I will say that... Not yet. There, court, I not hope
1: yet. that at some point you do, but I, I don't. I think it's too early to... Well, apologize. if I owe
2: anyone an apology, it would be him directly, because I, I can't be critiqued for critiquing accurately, right? Like, Because uh, if he changes the way he plays and ends up being good, then I will praise him to the high heavens. But if he keeps doing what he has done, then I won't. I will continue to do what I'm doing and being a hater. Um, I'd I'd have to imagine maybe some of my tweets made its way to him and that's what we're seeing him starting to pass. Um he's starting to think about the the you know, my slander on Twitter. But um, you know, I don't want to take full credit for it. He's looked really good. He's played with it himself and he's taking open shots, taking in rhythm shots, and he's just like looks like an amazing shooter, man. He looks like he might have taken a shooting jump even this year. Um and, and you could tell maybe the maturity's there and think about it. Going from twenty four to twenty five is a pretty crucial year in any young man's development. Like um, you know, you think about yourself, like when you were at that age or whatever, like, I mean, you, you could just track the progress between 22, 23 and all these years. So I think there's something to be said for all that. But been very impressed, Zach. Do you have any thoughts with the, uh, the preseason games? And, and with all this, of course, it's just preseason. The one thing that I have thought about this preseason is it's more like the regular season. It's, it's different because there's been no summer league. Got a quick entrance here till regular season games start. Guys are one to actually get in shape. So, people are playing a little harder than what normally they would, I think. Yeah, so it's only th- a 72 game season. So, it's sort of changed the dynamic. So, I think you could extrapolate more from this preseason than you could ever from previous preseasons.
1: Yeah. And I, I definitely think that's the case because guys have to get ready to play games. They're not just, hey, I've been in training, you know, working out for months and months, working up to this point. It's like, boom, I have to hit the ground running. So, I got to get my reps in at game speed. There's not really time to mess around or experiment or anything like that. It's time to hit the, hit the ground running. And one thing that you hit on rich was Morant being the best player. I felt through the whole preseason. He was the best player on the court, no matter which all-star he was sharing, you know, was on the opposing team that he was sharing the court with. And his rep, I think has made it around the league of he is going to attack the rim. And if you are in the way of the rim, he is also going to attack you because don't know how many times, at least four or five we saw guys just move out of the way carl anthony towns wanted nothing to do with morant when he was coming at the bucket several times he would he would literally turn his back to him and take a step out of the way like i'm just not messing with this and same thing for the hawks gallo i can remember specifically in that first game took a step out of the way said not messing with this so i think morant's rep has made its way around the league. The guys don't want to end up like Aaron Baines on that poster or on one of those almost got dunked on even. That's bad enough. But uh, I I think that speaks volumes to to Morant and his game and the reputation that he has. Also, I, I was impressed with JV a lot. Um, Valanchunas, really, he went at Towns, went at Capella, you know, no inhibition, just bullied him a lot of times uh, on the offensive end of the floor. Didn't look terrible on defense either. And, I mean, he just did the same thing that he's done while he's been here the whole time, you know, double-double machine pretty much. He averaged 15 and 8.8, but, you know, less minutes than he would get during a regular season. Uh, But that was just kind of another thing. And Kyle at the four is really fun. I didn't think, you know, he's he's not a – apparently – He's not able to shoot threes when he's expected, really, to shoot them. But it's kind of like when he's playing the four, it's a little bonus. He can play the defense, mm-hmm. bring the ball, whatever, pass. But it's a little bonus, and he's not we're not relying on him to shoot threes. Uh, and that's kind of, I think, a better situation for him. Maybe a little bit pr- less pressure, shoulder more healed. So that'll be interesting. Going to be tough to find when we have a full roster kind of what happens uh, with his minutes, with Jaron coming back, and Justice kind of scrambling everything up again. But uh, those are just a couple observations uh, that I had from the preseason. But, like, you guys, really excited about getting started. I like the squad that we got, even though we're missing some key players. It's a fun They like team. each other. Yeah. They, they
2: re- and you can really tell. It, it, it's not one of those bullshit, you know, uh, singing around the campfire kumbaya things where the social media makes it look one way. Cause all these social media people are super good at making the team seem like they're all boys and having a good time. But I mean, I don't think Devin's job is like super hard in the sense of making them like look like they're legitimate friends. Cause I really think they are based on just their own individual social media profiles. They're hanging out. They're dropping mixtapes together in the case of justice and, and Jaron, who seemed to have become really good friends off the court. Um, that's all, I mean, that's,
1: Cause that's all they are is off the court
2: it's <laughs> true that's true, uh, that, that's, true. That, that's that's dang, a good point uh, yeah but yeah, yeah, why you gotta do them like that but uh, if you you know if you ever guys have the time watch the behind the bubble series It's on YouTube it's like seven or eight episodes and um, it, it's it really goes to how close these guys are. Like Melt, the people love him. Like he's always climbing on Tyus. Tyus is the quieter, funnier one. Like you can really get the team dynamics of how they all are, and they really fit together personality-wise. And that matters when you're a young team. Uh, and, and I think it really is going to travel well on the road. And I, I tweeted this. I think that it will cause them to win a few games that they probably otherwise shouldn't because they are just have such a good camaraderie. And if when they get punched, they're not going to, you know, just rattle like a lot of young teams.
1: Yeah, or so that's, implode and get mad at each other, you know, that maybe they can work through it and find a way to get together instead of getting pissed at each other.
2: Yeah, it's not like it, it, you, you directly um, uh, compare that with the Timberwolves, right? And they're, they're a young team. It's supposedly Cat and and uh, Delo and are good friends off the court. But you really, you know, you can see them chatting sometimes, but you really wouldn't know if that team likes each other. And I would wager they don't based on like a few times I've watched them, but I don't know that. Um, Atlanta none of them know each other they're also new Um, you know a lot of new pieces on that team so you really can't pull anything from that but I mean our guys have been together for a year there's continuity there's something to be said about that and this age of like let's change up everything every year and I mean all these guys signing one-year deals so there's there's something to continuity and that's why the grit and grind Grizzlies did perform so well I thought over that that tenure because there was continuity there Um, any other thoughts on preseason
1: no, sir. Let's hit these over-unders.
2: We're starting with Eastern comments or Western comments? We've done this for like three years now, and uh, it's always fun. Um, we haven't actually gone back and listened to our predictions at any point, but uh, at some point I want to do that and see like if I was actually right. This year, I think because gambling is legalized in Tennessee, shout out FanDuel, we don't get a sponsorship from you, but we'll give you a free ad. Um, I would love to actually make these bets, I think. So I think I'm going to – Actually, already, place bets on these, and and we'll go from there.
1: I already got a parlay for opening night out there for uh God. Hornets and Cavs and Heat Magic. So uh yeah, I'm in.
2: Wow, you're a degenerate for betting those games.
1: <laughs> uh, Hornets <laughs> Par- and Cavs. That's like
2: when you're in the fucking trenches, man. Yeah, <laughs> you're, I mean, you just I'm looking for like, easy you're pickings up to parlay. Uncut yeah, yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> are you gonna like are you you? Are you a diamond jeweler too? I need you to give me one. This is how I win. Come on. I oh,
0: honestly can can't it. remember that you part of the it. movie. I'll be Lakeith Stanfield. You can do it. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I don't, do not remember that part of the movie. All right. All right. We'll oh, workshop that. And be back to you. Yeah, we'll yeah, workshop I that. Have okay. to, I, I have it set up so I can it's write down. Like one of the
2: more memed movies in NBA culture, but, you know, like, who cares about that? <laughs> was he yelling? Bro, check out guy? In the Can. Like, uh, there's a whole episode
1: about it where I talk about it with a, a screenwriter out in LA. I mean, I watched it with you. We were in the theater together. I just don't remember that part. It was like a year ago. That's true. That's true.
2: Maybe check was, out that instead of Miss. Maybe uh, devote a little time to you know <laughs> something instead of a Hugh Jackman uh, musical.
1: <laughs> I, I'll, I'm tracking the over unders. All right, so we can we can go back and look.
2: Okay. Western Conference, or Eastern Conference. I'd say We start in the East. We start away and then work our way. Do we want to start start with the uh, the predicted start, worst team or work start, our way up? Start at the top. The best team. Okay. Yeah. Uh, at number one in the E, should come no surprise to anyone. The Milwaukee Bucks at 49 and a half wins. Uh, of course, Giannis resigned, five year max, super max. Everyone's excited there. Got Drew Holiday. Otherwise, roster somewhat similar. They traded Bloodstuff for Drew Holiday, still got Middleton there. Um, traded Robin Lopez, or he re signed, still got Brooke Lopez. Roster's kind of the same, with the exception of Drew Holiday, who they hope is that second banana um, beside Giannis. Um, also want to point out, that I've got Kevin Pelton's strength of schedule article open. He analyzed the the first half of the season. Of course, this pandemic season has been released in two different halves, so we actually only have half the schedule thus far. Um, He did a couple major points to highlight that there's a reduced travel element here. We saw it in the preseason where teams are playing these series akin to baseball, right? You're going over to many and playing them twice and staying in the city for four or five days. And Atlanta came here and stayed in Memphis for four or five days and played us twice. Um, So you're reducing travel, obviously minimizing contact in various places and airports. That makes sense, the pandemic. And there's the back-to-backs are up. Uh, Last season, the back-to-backs were 15% of all games were played on back-to-back with zero rest. Um, This year, it is 18.7%, so it's up a little bit. Um, Obviously, there's less time to fit in, kind of still a lot of games. So we're seeing that makes sense, right? There's more back-to-backs. And inevitably, that's going to affect strength of schedule. And there are some teams that have a lot more back-to-backs, or play a lot of teams that just had back to backs. So that really factors in with, you know, especially in the rest era, uh, what, what these teams are going to look like. So the Bucks are listed at the 29th um, strength of schedule, meaning they are the, they are the second mm-hmm. to easiest. Um, they have, uh, let's look at 10. 10 of their opponents have back to backs in games. They have 17 games away, 20 games at home. We know they're killer at home, and they only have six back-to-backs, um, which is the bottom rung of the total back-to-backs. So they are, they have an easy first half of the schedule. Um, they are, of course, good um, as Milwaukee Bucks go. And keep in mind, too, this is a 72 win or 72 game season. So you're looking at about this is this is basically what would amount to a 59 and a half win total in any normal season. Um, I believe. So, Rich, you going over under forty nine and a half?
0: Uh, I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over. Um, like you mentioned, Giannis, Drew Holiday. I'm going to make sure to see what some of the lower rung signees get to do out there, such as like a Tory Craig or a Bryn Forbes or Bobby Portis, who you know has been around for a minute, uh, but never really been in a winning culture coming out of Chicago. Um, but I'm going to say over because I always trust Giannis and the Bucks in the regular season. It's the playoffs. That's a different story. So definitely going to go over. I think they're going to be the number one seed. Um, so, yeah.
2: Yeah, I agree. I'm picking over too for those reasons. Easy schedule, easy screen schedule. Um, so they'll bang some wins early in the season and then they will be rolling as they do often in the regular season. They just want that number one seed. They just win a ton of games because they have such a culture there and they play a certain way. Um, and, again, like Rich said, the regular season – or playoffs, rather, are a different story. Um, Zach, what do you think about the Bucks over under?
1: So I don't have them as the um, regular season favorites in the East. I'm actually going to stick with Miami, or I'm going to have Miami go there. Um, just really was impressed with what they had in the playoffs, and I think they're a really strong team. Obviously, adding our guy Precious there, add a little bit more depth to that roster uh, make them a little bit meaner Uh, that being said i'm gonna go under on the bucks by a shade
2: all right uh number two the predicted second seed in the east are your boston celtics tatum brown uh, marcus smart the guys that we know have been there forever Um, and we find ourselves though with probably a, a little bit of a worse team um, they, uh, they of course are also constantly struggling with Kimba's injury. His knee is kind of a weird deal. Like no one really knows what's going on with it. Um, they did, they did sign, uh, Tristan, um, from the Cavs, So they got some backup help, um, in the front court, but you know, a lot of people expect them to take a step back, uh, this year. They just don't think they'll be as good. So I'm gonna actually pick under 45 and a half is the expected win total. I'm picking under. Um, Rich, how do you feel about the C's this year?
0: Uh, I'm going to go under as well. Um, I just think that I was watching a broadcast a couple days ago and, you know, somebody was mentioning the Celtics, like a window was there for them for the taking and they didn't really seize that. So I'm not sure, you know, what this, this path forward looks like for them with Kimba's, you know, consistent, incessant injuries, um, and what have you. I know Jason Tatum is the ageless wonder. And I think that he is, a, you know, an awesome prospect. Um, but with him and Jalen Brown, I, I still don't think, you know, that's enough. Um, any team that's hoping to contend and they're excited about a Jeff Teague signing in free agency, I just can't go for the over with. So I'm going to go under. I think they're going to underachieve this
2: year. Just a real tough backcourt too. You yeah, know, no real improvement. I'm sorry, a, a second unit. Like they just they got no backups there. They got to play all their got like the basically six guys a million a million minutes. Uh Zachs actually about talking about Romeo Langford. <laughs> Peyton really. pressure, baby. Yeah. Uh, you're in your draft, Darling, where you had to draft it somewhere in the second round, I believe. Yeah. Like took him at twenty-six, which classic Ainge pick. I think Ainge is wanting to hope hoping to adopt him as his own son as well. <laughs> the
0: Boston uh, Sun Yeah. Friend.
2: You gotta have the great white hope there, like a, the white hope. a a crafty white point guard that plays gritty and all the other classic white superlatives of Yeah,
0: exactly.
2: High IQ. Real coachable, coach's son. People were like, his dad's a coal miner, dude, and you're like, coach's son.
1: <laughs> Is that, all right, to, just to pile on the Celtics, uh, sorry to our Titch guys, but I've also got them going under. Uh, yeah, like you said, don't see the a ton of necessary improvement. And I saw them a couple games, or was it one or two games, against teams like uh, 76ers and... I just think a lot of teams are going to be able to take advantage of uh, that size difference down low. And, you know, anyone who's got like imposing size big men. Uh, and I think that, you know, any coaches who are, you know, really good, they're still going to struggle, I think, against the elite teams because those coaches know what Boston has in those specific players. And, you know, guys like Tatum are not, they're not Giannis, they're not Harden that's there's still another tier for them to get there and that's where they need to be to push them to the next level. Uh, and I know they are listed at second, but I don't have that much faith in them at this point. So I'm going to say give them the under.
2: Yeah. Not to mention Hayward. Of course, I, I can't leave. I forgot, you know, left and went down to, to Hornets. I know he wasn't what they thought he would be in Boston, but of course he was still a crucial, uh, you know, a crucial component, average 17 or 18 a game for him. Like, Check usually checked one of the better kind of wing guys. I know that Brown's a great defender too, but you know, he was just like a solid regular season guy for them. And I just don't know how they're going to like recapture those points. Their strength of schedule is 12th. Uh, so they are about middle of the pack, 19 and 19, 19 games home, 19 away. Um, their opponents have five back-to-backs. They have seven. So they are about middle of the pack straight to schedule. Uh, I think that kind of goes further to their, their under. They don't have a particularly easy first half to get those wins early. Who knows what's going to happen with Kemba. Um, I can see them coming out like closer to 500, just having a real tough beginning of the season, unless Tatum makes a crazy ass jump and you know ends up becoming kind of like what Kobe was at 22, just carrying kind of like a a, a shackless Lakers team um, to a uh, to to good record. Um, any other thoughts on on the Celtics, or we can go to the third team, uh, the Steve Nash Brooklyn Nets uh, at 45.5 wins as well, tied with. Boston they have them third here in the rankings uh, the Brooklyn Nets possess the 24th uh, so pretty easy 24th rank schedule pretty easy schedule 19 games at home 18 on the road seven and seven back-to-backs opponents and themselves not a particularly hard schedule for them the first half um, KD and Kyrie have looked good in the preseason whatever that means uh, you know KD and Kyrie seem to have like managed to get on the same wavelength even though like you could tell KD has no interest in Kyrie's bullshit, but he just but he does let Kyrie be Kyrie, which is important. I feel like like he kind of acknowledges him. You know, he's like a little brother where it's like he just wants to be acknowledged, but then he'll leave you alone. Uh, I think KD's figured that out. Also, shout out to Rusilla found this very funny. I did too. But when they were on like the chat that they posted, um, they were on like a fa- public Facetime or like a Facebook Live or, or Instagram Live. Uh, KD and Kyrie, did you guys see this?
1: No, no. I don't think so.
2: Uh, and, uh, it's just KD and Kyrie having a private conversation, which they posted to everyone and KD and, or Kyrie's talking about how he wants seven or eight post touches a game. Um, and cause he feels like he's like, is a constant mismatch problem and he loves his post-ups. That's like one of the biggest knocks on, on Kyrie is he loves these ISO post-ups and he thinks they're like really efficient. And so he was like, I mean, I want seven or eight a game. And KD's like, I mean, yeah, we talked about like two and a half. And Kyrie's like, man, I'm just telling you, like, it's a constant mismatch. Like, whoever my guy is, it's like automatic points. Like, I feel like that's really going to fit in the flow of our offense. And he goes on and on and on about why the post ups are a good idea. And and Katie goes, yeah, we don't see though. <laughs> and, then just, <laughs> and then just changes the conversation. But he like he basically just like like your little brother just shuts him down with, all right, cool, man, whatever. <laughs> like, but his yeah, we gonna see though. It just had me cracking up. <laughs> um so I, I don't even know if they're, they'll implode or whatever uh what what rich or i'm sorry we'll go with zach for a sec over under 45 and a half
1: yeah so I, this is a team that i'm pretty excited to see I honestly felt last year they have i mean they have a strong roster i think they got a lot of you know pretty good players guys like jared allen levert den uh, some other guy, Joe Harris, I mean, sign another a, deal. Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty good roster. Already, even though Jeff green is on it and that's kind of a curse. Uh, but I mean, adding KD and Kyrie, I, I really think this could be, you know, a really strong team in the East, you know, like a lot of people, of course, but, uh, I think that they're definitely going to be battling for one of these top seeds in the East. So I'm going to pick the over for them. Rich, what do you think?
0: Uh yeah, so this is either gonna be really good or it's gonna be really bad. Um and I am gonna go with the over. Um similar to some of the points Zach made, um, outside of Kyrie and KD. I just think there is some depth there. Um, you know, uh shout out our guy Jeremiah Martin, University of Memphis, who who knows he might get some burn. Um, but also Timothy. Um shit, I don't know his fucking last name. He's French, but he played well in the Lou. bubble. Um, TLC, we just, TLC, yeah. Shout out to TLC, not to be com- confused with the new Laker hope THT. So yeah, shout out to the TLC man, um, DeAndre, Jared, Spencer, Joe, Karis. You know what I'm saying? There's just you know a lot of pieces there. Um, and you know Steve Nash and Mike D'Antoni and the rest of that staff. You know they they have some work cut out for them uh, managing a lot of ball dominant players, a lot of players who probably you know are used to playing a certain type of way, but It seems like to your point, um, Sam, you know, KD knows kind of how to how to work with Kyrie, if you will. You know, Um, and I think that Kyrie has, you know, realized like this literally might be his final chance at finding a home home um, in the NBA. So I'm excited to see what what they can do. I mean, at the end of the day, KD and Kyrie are both talented as fuck and they're going to win some damn games. So I'm definitely going with the over.
2: Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm picking under. I just have a bad feeling about this. I want it to be good. I'm going to be, like, re- weirdly rooting for them. I think they're, like, one of my favorite teams in the East, if not my favorite. Yeah. Second favorite, actually, because um, I knew who was my first. But I, I just feel like I'm looking at Kyrie, and I'm thinking, you know, look at these Celtics teams. They underachieved every year, um, pursuant to their, you know, their expectations and he just didn't, you know, end up turning out well, I feel like. And I, I just can see that happening again. Now, whether or not the Nets make a trade for Harden is yet to be seen. We could see some crazy shakeups, too, in this season. that could change these over under totals. But assuming the roster stays as it is, I could see those guys resting a lot, too, and kind of just, like, waiting for the playoffs. Um, so I don't I, I don't know if they'll necessarily try to, like, be a top, uh, like, two or three seed. They might just want home courts. So maybe they're just, like, going for four. Uh, so we'll see where that goes. But I'm thinking under 45 and a half for the Brooklyn Nets. Moving on to number four, the Philadelphia 76ers, my number one favorite team in the East yeah, at 45 that. and a half. Um, you got Embiid's there still in, in the best shape of his life, which is every year. And then Ben Simmons, uh, you got Tobias Harris, but you got Al Horford out of there and you got um, some shooters. You got Seth Curry in there. You got Danny Green in there. The question is whether those guys are still really good. Seth Curry's kind of more of a role player. Danny Green... Rich can speak more to this, but he's questionably still effective. Uh, but they are shooters, and that is what we've been calling for. Daryl Morey there in the front office. Um, you know, we're expecting to see maybe some moves, but uh, I think this is kind of the year where you just see like is Ben and Emb going to work out or are they not? And you know, maybe we see a hardened trade or not. We have to assume not, though. The 76ers possess the twenty second, so a pretty easy schedule. Um, so that that's something to consider as well. 19 home games, 18 away. Um, six back to backs themselves against five back to backs of their opponents. So now a tough schedule. They're at 45 and a half. I, I go over, man. I, I'm I'm I high on the Sixers every single season, and I always yeah, pick man. over. And I don't actually know whether I've been right either the season. I have to assume not last year. Um, but you know, we didn't see the and beat injury of in the season. You know, that was a crazy way they tried to play with no pacing or space whatsoever um, with Horford and Embiid on the court at the same time. So this year they they are, I think, are going to be better. Um, and I think we'll see a lead from Simmons and Embiid. Rich, what do you think of the Sixers?
0: Oh, man, um, you made some really good points. Um, however, I'm going to go with the under. Um, you know, I'm excited that I can finally support Doc Rivers, um, you know, after being the coach of the Celtics, which I couldn't. And then the Clippers, which I couldn't, um, I can now support Doc, you know, and, you know, see what he what he's working with. But I just I don't know, man, I'm still not not sold on Embiid as the number one on a championship winning team. Um, so talented, so gifted, you know, but the health factor is something that always comes into play. Um, is he going to be able to consistently play throughout the season with a shorter off season? with this truncated schedule of, you know, playing these series and what have you. And I think, you know, and seeing what Ben Simmons does, you know, his name is the one that's being brought up in all of these trades for James. Um, It went from being untouchable to now they're listening to offers on him. Um, And Ben Simmons seems like the type of guy, you know, who who might block that out, but also I've seen him do some petty things on the court. I think he he uses social media. He sees some things. He takes some things personally. Um, But at the end of the day, you know, I think they're a talented roster. Like you mentioned, some of their additions, you know, Seth, DG. Um, Dwight Howard as well, um, drafted Maxie out of Kentucky. Um, so I think, you know, it's definitely there. I think they will be a top four seed, um, but I'm going to go with the under.
1: Yeah, this is one of the teams that I'm um, pretty excited to see play this year. Uh, we One guy we didn't mention, Isaiah Joe, uh, drafted out of Arkansas. Uh, one guy that a lot of Memphis fans had their eye on, hoping that he would slip to them uh, in the draft this year. Um uh, I'm going to go with the over on them. I have a – this year, I'm not always feeling the Sixers. I'm feeling them this year. And I don't know if it's just the shakeup and management and coaching. You know, let's try something different. The roster seems to be more critiqued towards what they need. So I'm taking the over on this one uh, in a pack, a tight pack of Celtics, Nets, and 76ers.
2: All right, Um, let's move to the fifth team in the East, the Miami Heat, Zach's Miami Heat, at 44 and a half wins. They are 17th in strength of schedule, which is middle of the pack, 18 games at home, 19 on the road. They face 12 opponents that are on back-to-backs. So that's a, a pretty interesting. They're definitely an anomaly on the high range there. Uh, now, you like the second half of the schedule, you have to imagine is, is more balanced in, with respect to that. But that's where we stand now. Um, pretty much the same team we saw last year. You, they drafted Precious Achua out of, shout out, University of Memphis. Uh, they lost Jay Crowder and Solomon Hill. Jay Crowder, obviously more of a rotation guy um, for that team. You know, like started for him, usually guarded, you know, the first or second best players to, uh, uh, shot really well for them you know, after he traded. So that, that is a, a key a, a loss on that team. Um, But you expect heroes back a year older, theoretically a year better. Jimmy's going to be Jimmy. Uh, Maybe Drogic's healthy this year, kind of play a full season. We'll see. Bam is going to be another year older, another year better. He's like 22 or 23, maybe going to be 24. So he's right in that range where every year could take a big jump. Um, So the the culture's there. Spoh's a great coach. I don't anticipate them having a bad regular season like they did last year. But 44 and a half is – that's like exactly what I would have said him at. So it's really tough. Um, I have picked two overs and two unders. So I'm on schedule, feeling good about where I am right now. Um, I am going to pick the under, though. Uh, I, I think that they have a lot of old guys on their roster, um, with the exception of, you know, of course, uh, Tyler Hero, which is their kind of boy wonder. They lost Eric Jones Jr. Um, I, again, I feel like they're a team that doesn't care as much about regular season wins, and they're not going to be playing like a severe amount of guys in these back-to-backs in in this condensed season. So I could see them under their win total. uh, And then, of course, still being themselves in the playoffs. Um, Zach, I feel like you got him over, though. Tell me about him.
1: Why, Sam, you are correct. I do have him over. I think even though they do have some old guys, and uh, I don't picture Goran playing every game. You know, he's just coming off an injury, signing a new contract. He's probably just going to be chilling as much as possible till the playoffs. Um, but you got you still have some young guys in Hero and Precious and Bam. Uh, you added Avery Bradley to the mix, so you got a good combo guard who can carry some of those duties that when Gorin's off the court, which would have been obviously super helpful for them uh, in the finals against the Lakers. Uh, maybe we'll see a little bit more development from Kendrick Nunn. He's still, you know, he's only been in the league a year. So I think that even when you go down to the... Lower part of the roster of guys who aren't going to be necessarily starting and might get the might, they'll get the spot starts when the main core is sitting. I think that's still a really good team uh, and just you know one of the best coaches in the league. And I think very highly of them. Uh, actually, did put a few bucks on the futures for them to come out of the East to be the have the high seed coming out of the East. So I put my money where my mouth was on this. I think it was like two dollars. Mm. But it was like very plus confident. seven plus seven hundred. So I was like, I can do that.
2: Mm. Big payout there. Rich, how do you feel about South Beach?
0: Uh yeah, so don't think they'll be returning to the NBA finals next year. I can put that on the table right now. Um and I'm going to go with the under. Um still a, you know, very talented roster, but also on the older side. I think that the Derrick Jones Junior uh departure is going to affect. Um, they really utilize his versatility a lot to work the top of their zones um, and cover multi-positionally. Um, and yeah, Avery Bradley's you know a dog, and you know they're a talented roster. But going Dragic is like forty-two. Um, Jimmy's probably going to rest a little bit. Precious, are, you know, have his time. Bam is you know a great talent, but I just don't know if they have enough um, roster-wise, talent-wise. They're probably expecting. Tyler Harrell to make this huge jump, you know, and he was very productive in the bubble. Um, some of that was was very hyped, overhyped as well. Um, but you know, very solid player. Um, Duncan Robinson, you know, was a shooter, fucking flamethrower. Um, but yeah, I just I feel like that bubble environment really suited them well, like just that togetherness of honing in on this one goal, Jimmy leading by example. And they were able to kind of lock in on this common goal. And I don't know if they'll continue to do that, you know, that'll translate to this regular season. I just don't think that the roster is talented enough to make a return trip to the NBA Finals. But, you know, that heat culture is real. You know, they believe in themselves. Uh, Spoelstra's a hell of a coach. So, you know, who knows what could happen. Um, but I'm definitely going to go with the under for sure.
2: Heard. That moving on to our six seed team, the Toronto or the Tampa Raptors, as it were, of course, the Raptors playing their games down in Tampa uh, currently with the pandemic raging 41 and a half wins the first half of the season. They are the fourth difficult, fourth most difficult schedule. They play 17 home games, 20 away. Um, So I think that, that of course, factors in the opponents as well. So tough schedule out of the gate for the Raptors, not at home, living in a different city. Uh, of course, they got Kyle Lowry back. They got Pascal Siakam back. They've got Fred Van Fleet resigned. They got probably the best coach in the NBA and Nick Nurse. They've got a culture that rivals that of the Miami Heat. They just fucking win games. The second you count them out, they still they just like throw some shit in the microwave, hit zap, and then out comes just a bunch of regular season wins. And that's just how it works. Um, and that's just, you know, take it to the bank sort of thing. But uh, I don't know if I'm willing to take it to the bank, though. This is, I feel like, a really weird season. At some point, these guys are going to get so old. Like, how long can Lowry be Lowry? And I know that he is not relying on athleticism, so maybe he can duplicate it for so long. But at some point, he's got to take a step back. Uh, Pascal Siakam, you hope he makes a jump. You hope he gets another year better. Maybe add some skills to his bag beyond the spin move, uh, which we can assume he'll do. Um with that being said, I'm picking over. Fuck it, it's the Raptors. I cannot do it. They just win games. Uh, 41 and a half, I'll pick over. Uh, they're always dancing right there in the middle of the, of the East, so mm-hmm. I can't deny Nick Nurse's coaching prowess, um, and uh, and we'll see what they do. Of course, Ibaka's gone. Marcus saul has gone, so there's some front court questions. Um, but I don't know, man. They just know what to do. Uh, and I'll, I'll be Dan if I'm ever going to bet under on them because I feel like that's just a losing proposition. Rich, how do you feel about the Tampa Raptors?
0: Uh, yeah, shout out to the Tampa Raptors, man. Uh, definitely gonna go with the over as well uh, for a lot of the the points that you made. Um, you know, I just can't can never count them out. You know, whether that's Lowry, Ben Blee, who bet on himself and had like the most epic tweet of re quoting his tweet from when he didn't get drafted to bet on yourself to when man. he cashed in this summer, like best quote tweet ever. Yeah. Um, you know, I think they signed who? Did they signed Aaron Baines
1: um one of one of the best stan accounts on twitter is the air oh baines. yeah it's very uh,
0: interesting sometimes i find myself just getting and, and, uh, and they're like they're dedicated that, that, and tony, tony, that and tony snell yeah they was... dedicated
1: <laughs> um, they like gifted the
2: baines fan account over to the raptors fans <laughs> like, there was like a passing of the password do you see that <laughs> oh,
1: wow
2: yeah so the the raptors <laughs> fans really are now in the account um because obviously the originators of it are Likely Suns fans, uh, so that that's where we stand now with that Twitter account. Um, sorry, I mean, cut you
0: off, Rich. Yeah, no, good, y'all good. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna you know go with the over. I think you know, I, I'm a I'm a really big Norman Powell fan too. I don't know, like what what it is, but I just, I, I like his game. Yeah, I like his he's game too. He's that you know that kind of microwave off the bench for them. Um, and you know Siakam, he's gonna have to he's gonna have to take another step. Like you mentioned, um, and I think he's gonna have a little chip on his shoulder based upon that bubble performance um this past summer, which was, you know, very mm-hmm. underwhelming. So yeah, definitely going with the over with the Tampa Bay Raptors. Um, never kind of out.
2: Zach, you're a big Raptors guy or have been in the past, but have, have they been have they scorned you in all the wrong times?
1: I'm actually yeah, I'm being contrarian here. I'm took him on the under on this one. I I don't know what to expect. Like you said, Lowry, he's he played heavy minutes in the bubble. So he's going to need to be fresh for the playoffs because they're going to, they're going to be in the playoffs. They'll be in the middle. They'll have a decent seed. Uh, And in the East, you know, you you can take some games off and still win, but I think they're going to, a couple are going to slip away from them, even though they brought in, I mean, Aaron Baines, not a whole lot of roster movement uh, on the way in. They got former Grizzly, Yuta Watanabe, which is already becoming, I can tell, like a Twitter favorite of Raptors fans uh, and Japanese media. So that, you know, props to them for that. Um, but I, I went the under on them this time. That's fair. Uh, moving
2: on to the Indiana Pacers at seven, 39 and a half. The Pacers sit at the 25th. Hardest schedule, so pretty easy schedule beginning of the season. Something to think about too with the schedule stuff is like if you have a tough schedule, you lose a bunch of games first half of the season. Real good draft this year, so maybe that encourages some teams that otherwise might not have like started to lose a little bit more. Maybe they will if they have a really tough first half of the season. No fans, seventy-two game season. Maybe we see some stuff happen on that front too, which is another wrinkle. The Indiana Pacers, the most milk toast team. And I have to imagine this is what people used to talk about the Grizzlies like, like <laughs> I, what. What is interesting about them? I challenge you to tell me one thing. Um, I really like Sabonis. He's a great passer. I actually really love his game. When I turn on league pass and the Pacers, and if he's not in, like, fucking out of there, man. I'm not in Baker's life anymore. I'm zapping to somewhere else in the country um, because I'm just not about that life. I've just been pavloving, as the Titch guys say, to pick under on them, they, they I, this is just this is my lock under Indiana Pacers. They're terrible, and I just have zero faith in them as a culture, as a team. Their guys are hurt all the time. Old Depot's unhappy. Does he want out? Is he even gonna play? I, I'm I'm out, man. Like that's just a that's tough. They need to rebuild. Um, I, I'm I'm out on the Pacers. So just heavy under lock that shit down. Uh, so
1: that, what do you guys think? Are you ha- are you higher on the Pacers? I mean, I I, ha- I have under I- as well, but I definitely can say I don't feel that strongly about probably anything that we're going to discuss tonight <laughs> honestly but you've got to get passionate man that's uh, what the well, listeners want the, well I will tell you you want a storyline it's how is Old Depot going to come back and play that's the big storyline is he going to be come back take our take our yeah. breath away and be a fantastic player or Old has never taken my breath away uh, I, <laughs> is he going to do it though the only, only
2: way the only way he did take my breath away was with his his singing He's got an amazing voice. Take uh, I,
1: breath I, yeah. voice.
2: In fact, he'd be great at singing that song. But great voice, really talented guy, really like him. Uh, but, yeah, I am I just – you know, I, I honestly like – this is one of my favorite trolls is to convince all my friends that they're gonna, tr- their teams are going to trade for Oladipo. Uh, and then I act like I'm really high on him, but, like, really not so high on him uh, in my inner heart.
1: I mean, you don't think that Goga Bedazzi is going to move the needle for him? <laughs>
2: I don't answer questions like that.
1: <laughs> uh, I, I do want to put Sabonis. That guy's uh,
2: Sabonis is amazing.
1: I, I love watching yeah. him, and I have always, still tried him, always tried to get him. Always try to get him in fantasy too. He's like yeah. one yeah. of those. Him and Valanciunas are those walk in double double guys that are really helpful in fantasy. But I, yeah, to sum it up, I have under as well. Yeah, uh,
0: same for me. Going with the under. They're just I don't know what their identity is. I have no passion to ever watch Indiana Pacers game. Their series bored me to death in the bubble outside of TJ Warren. Um, and yeah, Oladipo has never taken my breath away either, but he can make a damn good R&B album. Um, and the weekend that Black Panther opened, he was in a slam dunk contest and kind of saluted Chadwick, rest in peace. So that was a dope moment. That was my favorite Victor Oladipo cool. moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it didn't take place on an actual basketball game. Um yeah, as is yeah they drafted like Cassius Stanley from Duke. Um, yeah, I got nothing.
2: Yeah, I mean, so that's the that's the story of the Indiana Pacers. There is just our, our yeah. general lack of like ability to put together a sentence on them. <laughs> like the uh, I, yeah I look I think, think they there's a trade t- with the Celtics too. They tried to make a trade with the Celtics. Yeah. You know, they tried to get Gordon Hayward because Hayward wants to go there, and they want Hayward. So they tried to do a sign and trade. They can't even trade their guy uh Blinken on his their center
0: miles,
2: miles turner Celtics don't even want his ass uh that, that's just like not what you want man he's like there's theoretical second best player or third best player and like if you can't trade him away in a sign and trade deal where the guy could just walk for nothing that that's really not what you want I can't get excited about it uh and I, I, I you know shout out Pacers fans man I feel you like small market like I'm not trying to be a hater like I'm just I'm just speaking real and like you know more excited about my team than yours
1: I mean, that's a good feeling. I think uh, this next one should be fun, though. What's, what's Hawks? Sam? Yeah.
2: Eight. Okay. 36 and a half teams, um, or wins, rather. The Hawks sit, eh, where do they sit on this list? Oh, they are the 14th most difficult schedule. So, again, middle of the pack, 17 home games, 20 away, 7 back-to-backs, opponents 4 back-to-backs acquired all those players we get it they want you know they want to win now we get it the whole the whole leadership's going to be fired and out in the streets of Atlanta if they don't win we get it but here's the thing if you can't stop the player that Trey Young's garden from getting into the paint and then creating chaos cuz the second a player gets in the paint in the NBA then there's collapsing then there's ball rotation swing swing and then open three that's going to happen to you every single play and you will lose basketball games that you should have won talent-wise because you have such a sib on defense. This isn't like he's a bad defender. This is like he's maybe the worst defender that the NBA's ever seen, Like, I mean, in the modern NBA at least, with the ability for all these guys. And if you think you're just going to hide them on whatever the weakest ball handlers in the other team, then I got news for you, man. It's going to be ball screen coming your way, and then there's going to be a switch. And then the NBA, we've learned on the offensive end, is so good at hunting down defenders and – putting them in ISO situations and Jaw just got into the paint whenever he wanted against Indiana or against Atlanta. I mean, of course he's like maybe a transcendent player at getting into the paint. So we have to take that for, uh, for account, but I just don't see how they're going to be able to play good enough defense to get the kind of wins they want. 36 and a half though. That's tough. Um, man, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to pick under cause I'm a hater on the Hawks. Rich, how do you feel about the Atlanta Bogdanovich's.
0: I'm gonna go under too, man. I just, you know, I you, don't know feel, know you, it, you have I'm
2: conviction gonna... on that. You don't sound like you have conviction on
0: it. I'm, you know, because they made some moves, and I'm just still not sold. Like, so I'm gonna go with the under. I don't you know, people were trying to get hyped up about Ray John Rondo and Chris Dunn. Like, that's just not, like, no. That just sounds like what, how it.
1: Memphis has been in the past. Yeah, like, like oh, we like, got uh, right, Garrett yeah, Temple, baby. It's, we're it's, excited. We're good. We've here. heard of
0: this guy like, before. Right, exactly. So well, The thing is, like, you, you,
2: you get guys that can defend well, but that doesn't just suddenly make the team a better defensive team. Like, there's still one right. hole. It's a very hole. Yeah, and so that's right. the problem. It's not like suddenly Chris Dunn can, like, Separate himself into two, like an X Man, and like defend Trey's guy and his guy. Like there's just that is not how it works. Um, although he's a great defender, I don't know if he's an X Man. Shout out Chris yeah. Dunn. And yeah, uh, anyway.
0: not 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 looking to it. Uh, you know, Gallo came out and was like, you know, he wasn't about the money; he was trying to win. But then he winning, he got the bag from Atlanta, so he clearly he clearly got oh, yeah. 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 the bag. Gallo's just trying to hoop. Um, twenty win he,
2: team last year. You think they're yeah. gonna win? Do you no. think the moves they made add 17 wins to that? That's the, that's kind of the no. The
0: we simplified. haven't, you know. Their big thing is you know you haven't seen us with these new pieces and Capella didn't play last year, et cetera, et cetera. But it's under, uh, period. They're just. I think they're they're going to be the who was that overhyped team last year that Pelicans. Pelicans. They're going to be the Pelicans. Yeah, they're going to be the Pelicans of Can, this Like, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. not sorry.
1: Can I take a guess, real quick? little bit of a detour on who has the easiest schedule through the first half. Is it you New can. Orleans?
2: It is not. Uh, They're top 10 though. Yeah. That cool, makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um,
1: anyway. no, they got to, they got
2: to get their confidence going early, man. Um, yeah. you'll, you'll be surprised at the, at the, the, the number one easiest team. Um, you'll probably laugh a little bit. You'll cry a little bit and your world may be no, that None of that will happen. Um, Zach, Atlanta Hawks over under.
1: I think just on the sheer principle of the matter, I have to pick the under. So that's what I did. Um, Also, yeah, they brought in a whole bunch of, you know, a lot of names that you've heard of, you're familiar with, but I still am not feeling it's not a basketball symphony the way that this team has been assembled. It's still, it's a mishmash of like decent to good household names if you're, you know, a relative basketball fan, but it's not like, it's not taking my breath away, you know, like Oladipo could do. Mm-hmm. But I, I just don't know how it's all going to work. You have a lot of guys who are used to their roles on their previous teams, and they a lot of them are going to have to compromise to play together on this team. So I I think your example of did they gain almost 100% – did they get 100% better in the offseason? I don't think so. So under –
2: Yep, fuck the Hawks. All right, at number nine are the Washington Wizards. Uh, the Russell West, the, the double headed monster, Russell Westbrook Bradley Beal, at 32 and a half wins. This is my other just lock it. This is an over, man. Like, these guys are going to win more than 32 and a half games. They're too good not to. You've got two all star point guards that complement each other. Uh, you've got some really good complementary pieces there. you got spacing. The question is going to be defense. But they're going to score so much, it's not going to matter. I really, really like Westbrook as a cultural fit there, too. I think he's going to like get them into shape, You know, the guys that are kind of wah-wah about the team. Um, and and uh, I, I think if it, Westbrook's good for anything, he's good for regular season wins. I mean, we saw that in Oklahoma City. He carried a bad Oklahoma City team to like a 5 seed by himself. They're in the East, which is not as good. There's no way they're not in the top eight, I'm just telling you right now, unless Catastrophic injuries happen, of course, but we're speaking as if every team is completely healthy um, going forward and because we have to, we can't anticipate anything. The Washington Wizards first half of the season schedule is their ninth. So they have a fairly difficult first half of the schedule. They're 18 at home, 19 on the road. Don't have a ton of back to backs, only seven opponents, five, but they play pretty difficult teams. So there's that that is in play. Um, but I still I just I'm really high on the Wizards. I think they're going to have a really good regular season. Playoffs, it's a whole different scenario. But I'm talking about regular season um, over 32 and a half. Zach, how do you feel about the
1: Wizards? I was shocked to see 32 and a half. I thought that was extremely low. Uh, I think, like you said, they could do a lot better than that. Westbrook coming in. I mean, Beal needed a change. He needed to play alongside a different star because him and John Wall it, that that had already reached its ceiling. That was not that marriage was not going to go any further. Uh, bringing in Russ, I think, is going to give Beal even more chances to do what he does best. This uh, They brought back uh, Bertans, uh, added in Denny, the guy from Israel. Hachimura is a year older. I, I think this is going to be a pretty decent team in the East. Also have to make sure you remember, it's in the East. So that's good for a handful of wins right there. And when you have two superstars on your team, you're going to win a handful of those games just by their sheer willpower. Uh, so I, I think one of the more certain ones, I would say, over.
2: Rich?
0: Same for me. Um, over, for sure. Um, I've already seen, you know, videos and chatter about the impact Russ is having just in practice and changing the whole feel of Wizards' practices. Um, and, you know, so I'm, 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 I'm betting on that as well. Um, to all the points y'all made with his parent with Bill, Denny, Rui, et cetera, uh, Troy Brown, Bertans, uh Thomas Bryant, who was another uh, intriguing young front court player. Um, yeah, definitely going with the over. Um, I'm excited. I hope, you know, to see some Wizards games this year, you know, to check them out. Um, that's a good
1: league think, pass team, I yeah, think. Yeah, that's a good
0: league pass team for sure to check out. So, yeah, definitely going with the over. Uh, I think Russ is going to do some great things out there, honestly.
2: Agree. Going to number 10, the Orlando Magic sitting at 31 and a half wins total. Orlando is at the bottom. They have the easiest first half schedule there. 30th, 20 games at home, 17 on the road, face 10 opponents back to back and have six of their own. Um, So they have the easiest schedule. The Orlando Magic, though, are kind of like the same team. They're hurt. John and Isaac's always hurt. Um, They got Cole Anthony who won him a game the other night. I definitely really like his game. I think he's going to be challenging for that starting point guard spot. We'll see him as a spark plug kind of Kobe white S guy off the bench this season for the magic um, 31 and a half though. That's a really tough. They were in the playoffs last year. I think they were right around there. Um, they are hurt. Uh, I'm going to go under. Uh, I just don't know if they get better. Um, I don't know if they have the synergy um, or the culture there where suddenly everyone gets a year better they strain together some more wins notwithstanding the fact they have an easy schedule and i could see them looking to maybe make some trades aaron gordon uh, maybe becomes available and then try to tank to get one of these guys in this draft um, this season uh, if they start out with some losses but i am picking over 31 and a half um rich how do you feel uh
0: i'm gonna go under um with the magic another team they just does nothing for me um definitely enjoy cole anthony for sure i think he's going to challenge uh folks for that starting point guard spot like you mentioned um but yeah i mean they lost you know isaac to injury again um dj augustine who was a veteran kind of steadying presence at the one for them um and also mo bombas another player they drafted high who's just always hurt um i don't even think i've ever seen him play live to be real since he's been drafted so, yeah, just another one of those middling teams. Evan Fournier is going to be able to jack, you know, 13, 14, 15 shots a game still. And they just kind of kind of come and go. So, yeah, definitely won't be, I feel, repeating in the playoffs again this year um, for that coveted, you know, first-round sweep or where they win one game and beat the Raptors, yeah. beat the Bucks. Um But, yeah, just under.
1: Zach? I think this – we've kind of reached that demarcation line where – you have a lot of teams, there's a lot, maybe outside of Indiana for you, Sam, but a lot of teams have some pretty exciting things that you can tune in for on a nightly basis to just check in on, see how they're doing, get eyes on a certain player, I think it really falls off a cliff here, like Magic, yeah, not too much exciting, Surpri- Aaron Gordon feels like he's 35, but you know he's only 25 or something like that, but yeah, Cole Anthony's a guy worth tuning in for, but... Yeah, I, I, not, nothing to get really excited about. Crazy they s- snuck into the playoffs last year, but uh, with the Hawks and the Wizards getting a little better, I think they're probably going to lose some of those games they won last year. So, under.
2: Agree. All right, moving over to the Windy City, number 11, Chicago Bulls, 30-and-a-half total for Chicago. Chicago has the third toughest schedule. Um, they are at – uh, 18 home games, 19 away. Really hard schedule. Eight back to backs to their opponent's Six really tough for us to have this schedule for a team that really has nothing going on necessarily. I think they're really in flux too. Who's their best player? Is it Zach Levine? Is it Kobe White? Is it um that guy from Arizona? Who I always forget the blonde guy. Uh, their power forward, Laurie. Yeah, Laurie Markkinen, who like had a really bad second year. Question is, can he bounce back? Um, you want you know they got uh, Donovan there announced. So you think maybe he can instill some culture, but. Dude, I again like that. I just really do not feel excited about anything they got going on there, and I feel like they're Tank City um, for one of these guys in this draft. Uh, so I, I'm picking under 30 and a half um, for the Chicago Bulls. Rich, how do you feel about Wendy City?
0: Mm-hmm. You know, I'm gonna go with the over. Um, not a huge Bulls fan, but that combination of Levine and Kobe White is going to win a game. Um, A lot of people felt the the selection of Patrick Williams was a reach, but he's really impressed me in the preseason. Um, Really solid, solid basketball player. If Lori can find something, if Wendell Carter can find something, um, I feel like the Bulls could get over, Um, you know, they hated Jim Boylan. So hopefully Billy Donovan is able to kind of replenish that culture and build something back up. But yeah, I'm gonna go with the over. I really enjoy watching Zach Levine play. I've never seen him play like winning basketball on a winning team, but just watching him and Kobe White just jack shit up has been enjoyable to watch. But I'm gonna go with the over because I think I think there's some improvements to be made. I think some adjustments will be made uh in the United Center. And I think they might they might surprise some people out of the gate. Um uh, just a young team gonna run, gonna get out there. So yeah, I'm gonna go with the over.
1: Zach? I've got the where bulls. Yep. I've got the over as well. Uh, unlike Orlando, who has, you know, no coherent leaders, I feel like on the court, or no no coherent um strategy or household names. This Bulls team's pretty fun, I think. Uh, got some good guards that are really worth tuning in for. Guys who can go off for forty, I think that is a big thing. Is that if you got someone who can go off for forty, that's going to win you a fair amount of games, and they have several of them uh, with Kobe White and uh, Zach Levine. I mean, those guys can torch you for a night. I mean, Memphis would have killed to have someone like that for you know decades before it was forever until guys like Mike Conley got their forty-point games, and but these guys have that potential. You know, really early in their career, so they're they're both really young, a year older. Um, Adam Patrick, Patty, Patty Williams. I don't know if anyone calls him that, but I will. But yeah, he was saw a couple of those games. I also, Rich, thought he was a really fun player. The way I would describe the way he moves is so smooth. It just mm-hmm. looks like he's been on that court before. Doesn't look overmatched. Of course, he's that smooth
0: man delicate. He works in the flower shop, so he's you know, he's all awesome. nimble, he's very <laughs> nimble. nimble, very nimble, light hands.
1: <laughs> so, I, I think that 30 and a half, um, that they'll be able in this bottom tier in the east. I think they kind of stick out to me, uh, compared to some of the teams that will probably move through quicker here coming up.
2: And speaking of teams, will move through quicker here coming up at number 12, the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, also known as Mellow Town, Mellow Town at 25 and a half. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets possess the 10th hardest schedule. They have 20 home games, 18 away, nine back to backs. Kind of not what you want from a young team trying to find itself, so to speak. Um, they got, uh, they overachieved last year, though, I would say, and won more games, I think, than a lot of people expected. They have a lot of kind of unheralded guards, Terry Rozier. Um, They have on a near-max deal there. Uh, They have Devontae Graham, who, of course, was in line for most improved player last year, Um, like upped his points from like two a game to like 18 a game, which is insane. Uh, So he had a fantastic uh, sophomore season. Um, So acquired Gordon Hayward, too, uh, who already hurt his finger, but it's nothing serious, I don't think. Uh, But it is a bummer that he's already hurt. Uh, I, I got over on the Hornets. I'm like a little bit higher on them than a lot of people for some reason. Um, I have nothing to base this on. I, like, just kind of want them to be a little bit better um, because they actually, like, took a swing on a guy and, like, are trying to be good. And, like, I respect that from a small market as opposed to just all these guys that are from Boston, like, at the ringer that don't understand that you can't just be good, be bad forever and, like, guys will still be on wait lists oh, for season tickets yeah. And like, they're just like, just tank, dude. Just, just tank. Just tank indefinitely. You'll and, just, like,
1: if, magically get better because you'll yeah. just sign all the free agents one year and it'll yeah, be cool. Yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly, and so they're just like totally out of touch. So yeah. Charlotte, I totally get, is like probably the most similar to the Grizzlies in terms of just how much people care about them, and they're even in a tougher spot because they just never had a guy as exciting as Ja or Jaron, for that matter. Um, So that's, that's a real tough beat for them. So I'm just almost like mentally wishing them over. Um, So, Zach, how do you feel about the Michael Jordan's Charlotte Hornets?
1: Yeah, I have uh, them going on the under I- – I think Lamella is going to bring some excitement to him. Obviously he's already, you know, his passing is pretty impressive. Didn't watch a ton of him, you know, highlights and stuff leading up to the draft or anything. Uh, but so far in preseason, he seems to be everything that he's been billed for. I think, I mean, Hayward's probably not going to play like enough games, I think to make a big enough impact. Just base that off. He's like very fragile at this point. um, So I I think that they'll still be towards the bottom. And if there's another year, if you can suffer through one more year of sucking, this is probably the year for it. So there's not, you know, I think that they'll just not be good this year. Rich. Uh,
0: Going with the under as well. Um, We're probably going to think they're winning. I feel just because Melo is probably going to be trending every game he's going to be on like all the, the sports pages and Instagram feeds or what have you from his passes and, you know, he's just a gifted, talented player, but I'm just not buying that roster. i um, not buying Gordon Hayward to Zach's point, just playing enough games. Um, they've missed on a lot of picks. They've missed on a lot of lottery picks. Um, and that roster is just, you know, you had Devontae Graham overachieved last year a little bit, kind of had a coming-out party. But, you know, players like Terry Rozier, P.J. Washington, who had a solid rookie season. I'm just Malik Monk. Like, all these, I just... I don't know no, where the leadership comes from on that team, on that roster. Um, I would love to be on the fly on the wall if Gordon Hayward and LaMelo have to sit next to each other on the team plane for like a six hour flight. I would just love to know what they would talk about mm. and what they would engage in conversation about outside of basketball. Um, but yeah, I just, nah, not buying it. Shout out to Melo, um, you know, gifted ass passer, but definitely going to under with the Charlotte Hornets. Great All right. Color. Great jerseys, great colors.
2: Good colors. Yeah. Uh, 13 Detroit Pistons, 23 and a half. Um, They have the second hardest schedule, 17 home games, 20 away. Really tough um, for the Pistons. Killian Hayes is their pick. Uh, They're going to probably give him the ball a bunch. Uh, Blake Griffin said he's going to basically serve as a mentor role. see if that happens or whether he just demands a trade, like right before the trade deadline um, you know, I don't really know Josh Jackson signed there. He's played pretty well in the preseason. Just a pretty uninspiring roster, obviously, uh with no real culture there by any means. I think they're just going to kind of like roll with Killian, let him develop and see what happens. Um, I have the Pistons under 23 and a half. I think they're um going to be very, very bad. Uh, I think they're going to have a really bad first half of the season. Blake's going to get hurt, quote unquote. And then stop playing. And then we're going to end up seeing them try to lose as many as possible. And then we could end up with like a sub 20 win team uh, by the end of the year um, for the Pistons. Uh, Hoping their guys develop too. That's kind of the whole point. They just don't have anything that takes my breath away, as Zach would say. Uh, Zach, how do you feel about the Pistons?
1: Yeah, going under on them as well. Uh, Just a hodgepodge of guys. Jeremy Grant going there to get a more. More, uh, what does he want? More impact on the offensive end or something. Shots. So so go to a terrible team. Yeah, Killian Hayes will be fun to watch. Uh, A lot of people think highly of Sadiq Bey. Um, Not much to talk about here. Under.
0: Yeah, under for me as well. Um, Killian Hayes, like I mentioned, Isaiah Stewart, Sadiq Bey. Um, I saw some of... Mm, their lottery pick from last year might mispronounce Saku um, I'm not sure how to properly pronounce that but he he impressed me a little bit um, so I'm interested to see him as kind of a high energy um, slasher if you will but yeah just a very uninspiring roster uh, I hate that D Rose has to go out like this but you know yeah Pistons basketball so they're not doing that
2: real tough um, moving on to the 14 and 15, both the 22 and a half New York Knicks and Cleveland Cavaliers, the bottom feeders of the East. If there's ever a team that's tanking, it's the New York Knicks signing all the Kentucky guys. Um, they're just like, Hey, we'll field a team one year deals, I'm not doing anything stupid. We're not signing every power forward in the league. We're just going to run some guys out there and play basketball. We're going to have no fans. So, uh, we'll, we're fine there, but we're going to have a season ticket waiting list for the rest of our existence until apocalypse. So we ain't got nothing to worry about. Um, despite the fact we've been bad forever. Really good draft. 22 and a half, man. Uh, who's even on that team? I, uh,
0: RJ. Hey, 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 hey. Julius Randle. Randall. J, Emmanuel Quickly. Um, Obi. Obi. Alfred Payton.
2: Yeah, under. N- no way. <laughs> uh, 22 and a half wins under. Um, they're going to be chasing the Pistons to try to lose. Um, the Cavs, they got their dual guards, Darius Garland, Colin Sexton. Colin Sexton is a psychopath. I stand firmly on that hill. Uh, I, I When I say a psychopath, I mean, like, legitimately, I think there's something going on with him, like, beyond just, like, he plays really hard. Like, I've seen him do some weird stuff on the court. Um, and, hey, man, I'm all about keeping my brain chemically balanced. So if you want to talk, shout out, Colin Sexton. Uh, so... Uh, but I, I don't know what that translates to. Whether they're going to be good, uh, Kevin Love's still there, I guess rotting away in Cleveland. Uh, although he might really like Cleveland, he's like the kind of guy that'd be like high on Cleveland. Hell, I really like Cleveland, and I'm pretty like I'm a bearded white guy, so like let's let's you know let's go. Cleveland was fun. Um, man, uh, 22 and a half for the Cavs. I don't know how I feel about this. I'm gonna. Do I need to pick over? What, what's my what's my total? I feel like I need to pick over on a team now because. Uh, I feel like I'm going to pick over on the Cats. All right, what do you feel about the Knicks and the Cavs? Quick.
0: Under, under for me. Um, I think the Knicks are – they might be exciting to watch a little bit on the offensive end with Obi and Emmanuel quickly, and, you know, Julius Randle's always going to shoot, but they're going to lose a lot of games. Cleveland never was sold on the Darius Garland-Collins-Sexton pairing as the backcourt of the future. Um, you know, still haven't seen the old boy from Belmont play, who they drafted also with a Wendler, something like that. So I don't know. Interested to yeah. see what he does. Um, Seti um, Osman, whatever. When,
1: when did Dante X – I didn't honestly – Oh, Dante, Dante X was on there in the
0: off offseason. Uh, I think it was a trade, honestly. Was it a trade? Yeah. Damn! I'm glad we didn't get him for the yeah, Jets. He's, he's not moving the needle for them either. So, yeah, under, under.
2: Uh, Zach, how do you feel about the two least – the teams that make you feel the least?
1: Two unders. Okay. Let's wrap it up on the East.
2: <laughs> See you later, East, flying out to the West, aka Memphis, which is not very West at all. But no, we're not starting in Memphis. I just think it's funny that Memphis is in the Western Conference.